Well, hello there. I'm glad you're here today. And trust me, you are going to be super excited you are here today, too, to hear from my guest. As I started thinking about the new year and what I wanted to talk about, I knew that I wanted to have an expert on in time management and planning and even financial planning, anything in that topic. And I stumbled across Jordan Page a couple months ago, and I just adore her. Even interviewing her for this podcast, we talked forever before and forever after. We just hit it off so easily. And what she said has been on my mind and my husband's mind. Like we've talked about it multiple times and how we want to adjust a couple things that we do within our daily schedule and planning and trying to stay a little bit more organized based on what she said. It really, really resonated with me. No matter what your goals are, no matter what you have planned, we always have plans, whether it's financial or health or fitness or family or whatever it is. Being able to manage your time is honestly a game changer. And I know for myself, when I am not managing my time very well, or when I am not organized, and when I am not doing some of the things that she talks about, I flounder, I struggle, I'm more agitated, I'm more irritable, and I just don't feel on top of things. So I literally adored this interview. I I was taking notes rapidly, and I actually ended up getting her journal as well, because I was so impressed with the way that she laid things out. So I know you're going to love her. Jordan fell on tough financial times, and she got out of debt in record speed. Now she's a public and popular blogger, a YouTuber, a public speaker. She teaches others to do the same, to get out of debt, and to stay organized. Jordan can prove that you can live a millionaire lifestyle because of a conservative budget, not in spite of it. She's now the founder and the CEO of The Page Company, and Jordan manages five brands that have been changing women's lives over the years through practical online content, digital programs, and physical products, all designed to help women and families become more financially fit and productive. Jordan has been a repeated guest on so many national media outlets. She's been on Good Morning America, The Today Show, The Rachel Ray Show, USA Today, and more. I think even last year she was on Dr. Phil because I remember seeing that on her Instagram. Literally, she's been everywhere because she's so good at what she teaches. She is a mother of eight kids. Yes, I said eight kids, and she loves dancing in the kitchen. She talks so clearly and so fluidly about trying to be financially stable and how to be productive. And I'm so excited for you to hear her today. I think she's going to help you take any goals or aspirations or things you want to do in your life and truly help you knock them out of the park and get them rolling. Don't forget, if you find this episode helpful, share it with your friends, share it with your family, share it on social media, spread the word. It's always going to help the podcast grow. And it makes us feel more like a community when we can talk and share the things that we really love. Or you can write a review. I read all of my reviews. They make such a difference for the show. And today I want to give a shout out for her podcast review to F-F-H-O-J-N-V-G-T-Y. I don't think that spells anything. I think it's just letters, but I'm going to take it as a win. Her review is titled number one podcast for fitness and health. I've listened to so many different podcasts about health and fitness. And I have to say this one is by far the absolute best. For the first time in my nutrition life, it actually makes sense. I absolutely love Andrea's approach and how 
realistic it is and how it's more focused on a lifestyle of eating rather than a quick fix to starve yourself for a diet. Within just listening to a few episodes, I felt like the light bulb went off. It was an instant weight lifted off my shoulders and the shame and guilt I felt I lived over food or the moments that I binge ate were gone and put to rest. What a ginormous relief. Truly life-changing. Thank you, Andrea. I'm not one to write reviews or anything, but that's how big this means to me and how much it has helped me. I had to just write a review. No, thank you so much for the review. When I read your reviews, it pumps me up. I'm here to pump you up every single Wednesday when I drop an episode. And when you guys are so kind to leave a review, it pumps me up in return. And that feels like a true community. So thank you so much for being here and for all of your reviews and for all of your kind words and just us being able to grow and learn and chat together in the podcast because I feel like that's the only way we really do get to chat back by the reviews or by just sharing the podcast on your social media. And before we get into today's episode, a really good goal every single year, if you really can manage, is to try to get more sleep. And I'm going to highly suggest Cozy Earth's Viscose Bamboo Sheets. I got them a couple years ago when I was recently postpartum with Easton, and my hormones were a hot mess. I was having hot flashes, all kinds of issues. And I love their sheets because they are temperature-regulated and incredibly soft. They were on Oprah's Favorite Things list in 2018. They are are a luxury bedding item, but they have a lengthy warranty. It's 10 years. Their warranty is super long. You are going to love them. And they also have such a great variety for their bedding collection from luxury pillows to sheets, blankets, and more casual things to have a light and airy breeze feeling. Just a ton of timeless pieces. And the best part is Cozy Earth is providing an exclusive 40% off for my listeners. Again, it's simple, 40 For 40% off your Cozy Earth Viscose Bamboo Sheets, you won't regret them. Let's get into today's episode. Let's talk about planning and staying organized for whatever your dreams or aspirations are. My name's Andrea Allen, and I am a mother of four girls under seven, a wifey to a mountain man, a personal trainer, and a nutrition coach. I love all things women's health and fitness, but let's face it, the fitness industry is complicated and it's not built for the everyday mom. There's so much conflicting information and you're busy and you don't have time to figure it out. I hate feeling confused and overwhelmed. So I've made it my mission to simplify health and fitness while creating a welcoming, realistic, and empowering home for like-minded women. I'm happy you're here and I hope you stay a while. Jordan, I am super excited to have you on. I will have to admit, I've kind of stalked you for a long time and I was like, I have got to get her on the podcast. She just, like literally, I was like, she is just so fantastic and I think that she would be so fantastic to interview. So I'm so glad you're here today. Oh, thank you. I'm so happy to be here too. Okay, so tell us a little bit about your story because I think your story is beautiful and I think what you teach is fascinating because I know productivity is something I struggle with. It's something that most people around me struggle with. It's something I've noticed many of my clients struggle with. So how did you get into that field? Oh my gosh. Am I in that field, Andrea? <laughs> Am I? Are, I'm in Are the we trenches. ever in? <laughs> uh, I'm in the trenches is what I am. Well, okay. So, you know, I have my fancy bio that like, whatever. But the reality is, I've got eight kids because I'm certifiably insane. And I remember when you had your last two, they're twins. Yeah. I remember being like, 
this woman is a saint. <laughs> well, the She's twins were a kids. fun surprise. We were we were shooting for seven and got cocky. And I got I got a bonus baby that I'm so stoked about because I wanted twins forever. So yeah, like just by nature of having 10 people in my family, you know, that's one thing. But you just have to know about me that I'm not anything special. And I know it's funny. I know a lot of people say that, but I just need the world to know I did not study like organizational behaviors. I'm not a professional organizer. I'm cluttered. I'm a mess. I have, uh, I was diagnosed with ADHD at 35 and a bunch of light bulbs. Yeah. (laughs) A bunch of light, which actually, did you know the average age of diagnosis for women is 36? And I'm like, huh. I actually didn't know that, but I also learned the other day that most successful companies are ran by Oh. CEOs with ADHD because they multitask. Yeah. It's yes. like a it's like a double edged sword where it's very bad, but it's also very helpful. So. Oh, and we're just like really hard to contain and run a million miles an hour. And you know, a lot of a lot a lot of light bulbs went off. Let's just say that when I, ironically, I actually took my daughter in to get diagnosed, and it was like this big intense full day um, neuropsychology test and all this stuff and. And in the end, she diagnosed me at the same time. She's like, you just need to know <laughs> that this- you also have it. And I'm like, oh, yes. Okay. Oh, that makes me chuckle because my husband took in my daughter and he, the doctor's talking to him and my husband's in and he's like, he's like, the doctor's talking about Olivia. And I'm like, do you see adults? I think you need to see my wife. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's so funny. I know as I was doing the test with her, you know, and answering questions for her, she and I scored like basically the same. And I was like, hmm. Oh, that's <laughs> but funny. anyway, all that to say, I was born the way I was born. And I was born not being able to sit in an uncomfortable place. And when something is really hard, when it's grinding more than clicking, when the pain points are screaming louder than, than the non-pain points, the good points, that's when my soul feels like unrest. And I feel like something needs to change here. And that's when I start to search for resources. And if I feel like they don't exist, then I create my own. And when they work for me, I share them with others. And here we are. So I'm I'm here at the position and place and time that I am sharing this message because I'm literally in the trenches, not because I've like figured it all out and have it all together. So just know, girlfriends, like we are here together. But that's the beauty because I feel like... If if you if we've learned something and we're five steps ahead of someone else, you're helping them. You're able to help them. You don't have to be at the finish line to still be like, oh, this is what I did in your shoes five steps back. And it can be super effective. And so that's where you notice things that you said, hey, this is out of line or I need to be more productive here or this or that. Yeah. You figured out steps how to do it and then you shared them, which is all which is all I do, which is all most people do when you are passionate about something, you're like, oh my gosh, this worked. Now I exactly. want to tell everybody that this worked. Shockingly, it worked. <laughs> that's it. And that, so that's, so that's my story in a nutshell, really, is that um, when we got married, my, you know, my husband and I, we've always been frugal based on just how we were raised, the product of, of nurture. And um, so we were a good fit that way. But then my husband started a business and this meager but stable income we once took advantage of um, was gone. And and it, we've been self-employed ever since. And anyone who's self-employed or has um, a seasonal or tip-based or commission-based income knows that it's it's 
rough. You can guess, but you don't exactly know what your finances are going to look like. It can be hard to budget. It can be hard to know. Um, anyway, so budgeting money got rough and we, I could not figure out how to manage our dollar. I could figure out how to be frugal, how to like get a good deal on something, but I could not figure out how to manage our money. And we were overspending and living off of credit cards and just, it was rough. And the pain points were screaming louder than the smooth points. So I went online looking for help. It was a bunch of white old dudes telling me to pay cash for a car or a house. I'm like, okay, okay, listen, <laughs> listen, what about Target? Like, can I shop at Target? Is that, can we talk about that for a minute? It's very and, unrelatable. Yeah. And so I just kind of forged my own path with budgeting, which is funny because I've never taken a personal finance class. I am not good at mental math. Numbers do not work well in my brain, which I now understand for me is not a part of ADHD. You know, that is not a strength of mine. Um, other things are, but my brain cannot compute numbers well. And uh, yet in 13 months, I was able to create these systems that helped us get out of $15,000 of debt on a $31,000 income. What about that? Right? Mic drop. So I got really, just like you said, I got excited because I was like, you guys, holy crap. Like, this is kind of cool. I'm like super bad at this and I did it. Everybody, everybody. Oh my gosh. Let's talk about this. Like I'm telling my girlfriends about it. I'm being really nerdy and like telling people in my church about it. And a lot of people (laughs) Had, had questions. It becomes word vomit where you're like, I need everyone to understand this is possible. Yes. Like how awkward is this that I'm talking about my grocery budget in like Sunday school? This is so weird. So then, you know, I, I just created this little blog online to talk about it for people who really cared that they could come find me. We could chat. And that's how it started. And it grew like crazy in spite of me, frankly. So then, so it started out as budgeting. And what happened was I started helping people one-on-one, probably like, you know, just exactly how you started, Andre, where you yeah. figured out these systems, you saw that there was a, a void in the industry, you do it your own way, people are resonating with it, you go one-on-one. And then that got really complicated as I started having more kids. So I started doing small group, um, you know, like conferences, if you will. Yep. And then those grew and then it was a big conference. And then And then I felt like I didn't want people to feel restricted geographically. So then I created an online program called Budget Bootcamp. Well, all the while, and then this little thing called Instagram came into fruition and YouTube. So I kind of jumped on those bandwagons. So all the while I'm doing TV segments, I'm doing YouTube, I'm doing Instagram. And as my platforms are growing and my message is growing and my family is growing and my business is growing people kind of, they kept asking me about budgeting, but the questions about productivity started getting louder and louder. And they were like, dude, how are you doing everything you're doing? And I used to push it aside and brush it off. Cause I'm like, you guys, you should see my kitchen right now. I'm not doing like, I'm a mess along with you. And, but they were like, no, but okay. But like, you're actually doing all these things. So how are you doing it? And after a couple of years, frankly, of ignoring these questions and turning them into jokes. Like, oh gosh, I don't have it all together. I'm a hot mess. I, I finally stopped and listened. And I was like, you know what? I am doing, we all are. I am raising this family of, you know, it, we ended up with eight kids and I am lead parent and I am a, a homemaker and I am a work at home mom. And I am, you know, really involved in my church. And I, I do have a social life and I, I am running this business with this team. And I stopped and looked and I was like, you know what? 
let's talk about this. Actually, yeah. why do I keep ignoring these questions? Like, it is possible. I'm not doing it great. I don't think I'm perfect at it. And I think because in my mind, because I'm not a professional organizer and I don't have this perfectly, you know, I don't have a candle burning and I don't have this like aesthetic in my home that I feel like anyone who teaches about productivity and organization should have. I was ignoring it. But uh, so we started talking about it and I said, okay, I, I don't feel like I'm a professional, but let me tell you what I'm doing. And that exploded where talking about productivity, it was like people couldn't get enough. And I, the same thing, started teaching small groups and then started teaching larger groups. And then I created Productivity Bootcamp, which is my second program. And that took off and started literally changing lives. And that's where I was like, wow, there is seriously a problem where we are not talking about productivity in the right way, that people feel like it's all about these perfectly cute chore charts from Pinterest and a perfectly color-coded pantry where your treats like stack perfectly in a row in an acrylic container, that that is what productivity means or doing more or, or that your kids never fight or that you never have a day where you're running behind. And I'm like, whoa, 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 hold on. We are thinking about this all wrong. So the productivity side of things kind of came by accident. And and now, and now the third pillar of what I teach and preach at the page company, which is my, my umbrella company kind of encompassing everything is also, you know, we have budgeting, we have the productivity and time management, and we talk a lot about food, cooking and meal planning, because whether you like it or not, you got to eat to survive. And I don't like cooking. I'm not a foodie. I would eat nachos, three meals a day, 365 days a year. If I could, I don't eat healthy, but there's a way to save money, to feed your family well, to fuel your body without hating it. So that's where I'm at and who I am. And we're in this together. I love that. And I love that you're pointing out, yes, all of it kind of came by, I don't want to say happenstance, but it's true. Most of the time, the things that we become masters are, are things we've experienced ourselves and then we figure out how to shift it. It was the same thing for me with diastasis recti when I developed that after my kids and I realized this is a problem. And then I started sharing my message. So I totally, totally relate to where you're coming from. And for me, productivity is really hard. So that's why I'm like, I'm excited to talk to you about a, you cover lots of things, but we are going to dive a little bit more into that. So I love that you pointed out that you used to do one-on-one and then to be more productive, you shifted, you know, and you did groups and then you shifted and you shifted. So a lot of times people hear that and they're like, I don't even know how to get there. So let's talk about ground zero. Like how do people recognize and become aware of what is affecting their productivity? Like how do they even notice that? Where do they start from the very beginning? I believe that pain is a gift. Um, So I'm going to back way up. In college, I um, went to India for a while and um, I just kind of my roommate and I just kind of hopped on a plane and went over and we we ended up um, working with this organization that works in leprosy colonies and and then also works with their kids in a school to get them like out of the colonies and in a better, cleaner environment and educating them and all this stuff. It was really neat, totally life-changing, loved it. One of the things that I learned while I was there is how valuable pain is because leprosy is a really interesting disease. It doesn't, it, the disease itself doesn't make like your limbs fall off or your nose fall off or it, all it does is makes 
parts of your body numb. It kills the nerve endings in your body. But what happens is when you can't feel your feet, you think, huh, sweet, I don't need shoes because when I walk, it doesn't hurt. Great, I don't have a lot of money for shoes anyway, so I'm just gonna walk barefoot everywhere. Well, you don't know then if you cut the bottom of your foot. You could be walking around for days with this open wound that then gets dirty and infected and gangrenous and then you lose your foot. And that is, that's what happens with leprosy. That's how people become very malformed and lose body parts and become mangled and forever changed because they cannot feel pain. And if they felt a little cut or a little irritation, they could look at it, they could investigate it, they could clean it, they could bandage it. And we literally go in there, we teach them like, hey, check your feet every day, check your hands, like wash them and you'll be fine. And um, I feel like we need to remember to notice the pain in our life and to address them. And it helps us to maintain wholeness and it helps us to maintain balance. So like the way that I tell everybody to start is go through a day and stop and notice the pain. Stop and notice the pain points. So let's say you are just like feeling anxious and stressed in the morning and you kind of like you're trying to get your kids out the door, you're snapping at them, you're feeling rushed, you're feeling behind, you're feeling guilty that they ran out the door without a home-packed lunch again, whatever it is, you that you fed them cereal again or they didn't even eat lunch, you just threw them a granola bar on the way out the door and you feel guilty about that. Whatever, like sit in your car for a second and be like, okay, wow, that was kind of a rough morning. I know every single morning is like that, But what would I change about it if I could? What are the pain points of what just happened? And you literally like write it down. We we walk you through this in Productivity Bootcamp. We literally walk you through your day, help you identify the pain points. And then the entire program is tackling those pain points one by one by giving you like a toolkit and saying, okay, this tool could help you solve this pain point. This tool could help you solve this one. So stop and notice. And it's like, okay, my mornings literally suck. My kids are late for school every day or I'm late for work every day. All right, let's not ignore it and walk around with a cut on the bottom of our foot. Let's, let's, let's address it. Why? What do you need to do? And, and writing out all those pain points kind of hurts because you might be identifying in your mind all the things you're doing wrong and it can feel really heavy. It can feel really daunting. It can feel kind of hopeless, but that's not the point. The point is awareness. The point, it's kind of like, I know you don't really believe in scales, Andrea. So perhaps this is a bad example, but with budgeting, I, I believe in them in the right, in the right way. So <laughs> it's awareness. It's not obsession. Jordan, not- Jordan knows me well. <laughs> <laughs> we like to burn scales and throw them out. Windows and it's healthy. It's free. But you know, any, any doctor, like there's a reason why they weigh you before you go into your doctor appointment. It's not to judge you. It's not, but it's to see where you're at. Right. And as painful as it could be. Yeah, I get that. So, so like as dreadful as it could be to stand on a scale or to take your blood pressure or it's like, you got to start somewhere. So you got to monitor. It's your vitals. You got it. You got to monitor stuff in general. And even as you point that out, I think often when people are feeling overwhelmed, all they can see is the big picture and Mm -hmm. we forget we can't, we can't leap 
to where we want to go. It's not one giant step. We are not the Jolly Green Giant. We take (laughs) tiny, tiny, tiny steps. So even as you were pointing that out, think about the day, I literally thought of my morning and I thought, you know, uh, I feel like I kind of wasted some time in the morning and then I was rushing to get my kids out the door. But I recognized you were rushing because you kind of sat scrolling on Instagram for 15 minutes, you know? And so noticing that you think it doesn't, but then I'm like, yeah, but then my kids were 15 minutes late. Why were they 15 minutes late? Cause I was wasting my time. <laughs> but, but guess what? I believe in falling in the hole on Instagram. I believe <laughs> in sitting on the couch and doing nothing. I believe in fill in the blank. So let's give it a place. Let's give it a place in time. And that's ultimately what it comes down to. Is I love that. My definition of productivity is not doing more all the time or just running faster all the time. In fact, by doing so, you will become less productive, but that's a conversation for another day. That's very true. Very, very true. My husband and I have had that conversation multiple times that you stretch yourself too thin and it's like you're running a marathon every day. And how efficient would that be? It's not. not. Yeah. There's a reason why, you know, people take breaks Yeah, and you take breaks and you run short laps and you, you know, there's a reason why. I absolutely. So, so my personal definition of productivity and what I teach and preach till I'm blue in the face in my programs and online and everything is my personal definition is to, to do what you need to do more efficiently so that you can do what you want to do more frequently. Oh, I love that. That is productivity. That is productivity. Let's like, we're all, we're all humans. We're all grownups. We're all, you know, fill in the blank parents. We're all employees. We're all siblings. We're all whatever. Yeah. And so we have responsibilities with being a human. So let's get those responsibilities done well, quickly and out of the way so we can, it's like, Disneyland runs so efficiently, which allows us to have more fun, but it's a lot of standing in line. It's a lot of following rules, but if you can like hurry up and do it efficiently, it allows you more space and more time for fun and the things that fulfill you. And you know what, if that's scrolling Instagram or sitting on the couch, great. If that's going on an epic vacation, great. If that's exercising more, great. If that's cooking a huge meal and making a big mess in your kitchen, awesome. What is it? What fulfills you at the end of the night? I love that. So your first step would be truly recognize the pain points day to day. Take a day, take a week, recognize what is causing problems. And that that is going to be harder. Like even as you said that, I thought I'm going to do that the whole week. And you're right. That is self-reflection and that can be discouraging. But sometimes, like you said, we have to clean out the wound. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you have to recognize the wound and then you have to start cleaning it out. Yeah. So that can be more painful. So once people recognize those, How do you, what are some simple tips that you feel like, or simple ideas to help them improve once they're aware of productivity issues? And you can give any examples. I know that's a little tricky because it's kind of a broad question. Oh, no, no, I can tell you exactly. So yeah, first step is, I mean, and I'm a bullet point person. So if you were to write down a sentence, if you're taking notes, you write down that you carry around a pad of paper with you if you're a paper person, or keep a note in your phone and every hour, set an alarm that goes off and reflect on that hour and stop and think, was there anything hard? Was there anything painful in that hour? Write down what it was and do that for, you know, a couple of days. And, um, it might become this overwhelming list, but I think you'll find repeats 
you know? Yeah, and then you can find the patterns. I'm following you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so write it down, write it down. Okay, so now you have this huge, daunting, scary list and you just want to like have a pity party and eat a pan of brownies and watch Netflix for a minute. It's okay, go do that. And then we're going to, and then we're going to pull it on our big girl panties and, and get to work. First step is actually really simple. And if you were to do nothing more in your life, if you were to hear nothing more that I'm going to say today, if you were to implement nothing more, this will make the biggest change in your life. And that is to live your life in block schedule form. Okay. So I take a lot of pride in the fact that I kind of started this, this new wave um, called block scheduling. Now you can find it everywhere but I was the first one to really kind of identify this as a productivity productivity um, scheduling method. Now, has block scheduling been around since the dawn of time? Yes. Let me explain. So like high, my high school ran on a block schedule. Yeah. College runs on a block schedule where you essentially have a block of time where you are in a class and the bell rings. And for the next 90 minutes or however many minutes you go to math and you're not working on science. You're not you know, stretching for soccer practice after school. You're not putting on your makeup. You are in math. Is that what I said? Math? I yeah. Really, math. Okay. I'm with you. All math. Right. Okay. Thanks. Math. So in math, you're all in on math. But as soon as that bell rings, you're done. You close your math book and you move on. Whether your teacher's in the middle of a lesson or not, whether you're in the middle of a problem or not, whether you're done early and you're sitting there waiting or not, you're you don't move on from math until that bell rings. But when it rings, you're, you're done. done. And you move on to fill in the blank. And it's the same thing with science. And then after, after when the bell rings and you're done, you're like, hallelujah, school's out. And then you fill in the blank. You maybe go home and you have a minute to eat, catch up with your family, but then you're off to sports. And when you're at soccer or gymnastics or wrestling or cheer, you're not sitting on the mat working on math. That's not, you're all in on that sport. And then you go home at night and maybe then it's family time. Like you need time to hang out with your friends. You need time to be with your family. You need time to rest. You need time to do homework. So we followed this block schedule system by just force, (laughs) by nature of being a high schooler back in high school, which allowed us to juggle. It was efficient. Yeah, we juggled all these different classes and a social life and sports and family. And then we did the same in college. And then all of a sudden we become an adult and we're like, ah, what am I doing? And I thought, why, why don't we still like block ourselves out? And so I, anyway, so block your day. I love that you say that. And I think it's important to recognize because I use a method where I kind of plan out my day, but I will admit I allow those lines to get blurry. Like when you said, when the bell rings, you're done. I will be on a project that I'm working on and I know I've blocked out from two to three. And if I'm not done at three, I'm like, okay, well, I'll just finish it. And then I let it blur in until 3.30, 4 o'clock. And then my next thing is messed up. And in my brain, I was like, I'm blocking. I'm time blocking, but I'm not, I have blurred lines. So right when you said that, that was the first thing I thought of. I thought, oh my gosh, I have blurred lines. That's why it's not being always efficient for me. And here's the thing it, I get, I cringe, you know, it's probably like you and you see a mom with diastasis doing a full sit up and you're like, yeah, like, when I see a planner where, pe- where it encourages people to schedule out their day by the hour, I'm like, Oh my gosh, ow. <laughs> you know, you're hurting yourself. It's not realistic. Can we okay, just, that's good to know. Oh, please stop doing that. It is not realistic. We are human beings with a lot of things in our lives that we are not in control of such as 
you, just many things. So yes, here's what I recommend. Take your day and break it into three hour chunks. Now, okay, listen, if you work full time out of the home, I'm going to talk to you in a second, but otherwise for everybody else, like just generally speaking, starting from when you wake up to when you go to bed, like go to sleep, take your day and break it into three hour blocks. One hour is too small. Four hours is too big, but two to three hours is acceptable. Aim for three. So for example, I usually wake up, I'm not an early riser. I'm just, I own it. I wake up around 7.30 every morning. So my first block would be from about 7.30 to 9.30, which is perfect because I wake up at 7.30 and by 9.30, I have dropped my kids off at school. They have kind of a late start and I'm back home cleaning up breakfast and kind of like, you know, ready to move on to the next thing. So in that, in that first block, I literally give it a name. It is my morning block. You can call it breakfast, morning, uh, whatever you want to call it, work block, nap block, um, me time block. Give your block okay. a name. And then don't say at 8.35, I'm going to do 12 sit-ups. At 8.42, I'm going to start the toast. You know, it's like, what do you, just generally speaking, what do you need to get done in those two hours? And it's so basic for me. It's like, breakfast, pack lunches, rotate one load of laundry, put on clothes, you know, really basic yeah. stuff. Pray with the kids, just a few basic things. Don't kill yourself. But you can group them all together as the morning instead of feeling like at this time, at this time, that's, I think the mistake I'm making is I'm separating it out by times. And then I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm four hours. <laughs> yeah. And then you get in the hole because you can't, you can't, it is not realistic. We are not robots. I like the bigger blocks. That actually makes complete sense. And then to chunk multiple things in that bigger block in that yep. window. And then you just keep going on. So for me, once my kids are out and I do not, oh, and this is the do nots are just as important as the do's. I do not open Instagram during that block. I can't, I do not hop on Voxer or Slack or emails, or else I'll get sucked into a hole with my team. I do now. There's exceptions, you know, if they're whatever, there are always exceptions. We are flexible people, but generally speaking, I don't open social media. I don't, my team knows I'm unavailable. Don't blur your blocks, is don't, what you're saying. Yeah, <laughs> just protect that time. It give it its turn, tell it to wait its turn. So then, you know, after that, I eventually have a work block where, like, this is my work block where I my kids are taken care of. I have a babysitter or they're napping or I'm not worried about cleaning my house during this block. I'm not getting ready for the day during this block. I'm not running errands during this block. This is my one block during the day where I feel no guilt, ignoring everybody else and just cranking. But then, you know, let's say my block that starts from 3.30 and goes till 5.30 or 6. Mine is, well, it go, for me, it goes from 3.30 to 6.30. That's like my after school block with my kids I'm not on my phone. I'm not working. That is like family time. That is precious. That's when I'm running my kids to activities. That's when they're home from school. That's when I'm prepping dinner. That's when we're eating dinner. That is like precious, right? So I don't want to be doing Instagram because then I'm ignoring my kids for that precious hour before they're off to their sports. So give yourself grace. But then guess what? My favorite block of the day is my night block. Because at 9.30, mama's done. I am checked out. I don't care. I could have syrup dripping off the counter. I'm done. It'll be there till the morning. I'm not going to touch it. I'm not doing any more chores. I'm not catering to anybody. 
if I have older kids that are still awake, I will literally look at them and say, I love you, but I'm done. I'm clocked out. This is my time. I'm vegging it. on the couch. I'm eating my But you're snacks. able to do that because you gave them correct attention during uh-huh. different, you know, you, you did that window, you know? Everything else got its turn. Yes. It's my turn now. But yes. maybe for you, that block is in the middle of the day when your kids are at school. Maybe it's from 4 a.m. to 6 a.m. when your house is quiet. Like, Give everything its place and turn. It's different. Think it through for you. Yeah. So if you do nothing else other than break your day into two to three hour blocks and you give it a name and then you take the things that you need to get done and assign them a block, boom, like your whole life will be changed. I'm super excited to try this because I'm realizing I break it up into too many small tasks. I'm going to film during this window, which is like 45 minutes. And then I'm going to do this and, and I'm breaking it up like that. And then it's all blurring where if I did it almost like this is my work block, this is my morning, this is my, you know, my kids, yeah. this is my, I think I'm like, oh, I think I could break things up easier. And I would feel, let's call it like it is. I'd feel less like a failure. I'd feel like, oh, okay, I'm making this happen. This is, this is working, you know, because yeah. there's not so many time restrictions along the way. Absolutely. And don't micromanage yourself. Nobody likes to be micromanaged. If you go to a job, you have a lit, or, you know, or school or fill in the blank college, they don't sit there and say, okay, class for the next seven minutes, you need to get this many problems done. You, Hey, at work, you need to get through this many emails and this many. No, you, you basically just have your list of what you need to get done. And then you have your blocks of time to get them done. Just get your shiz done. Right. Like, so why do we, why do we think that it works to micromanage ourselves when it doesn't work really in any other situation? So now to do that, here's your bullet list. I have a free printable of literally a block schedule that you can. Oh, you have a printable for it? Yeah. I will add it in the show notes for sure. So anyone I'll add the, I'm going to add a link to a couple of Jordan's pages so you can find stuff, but I'll add the link to the printable. I have a free printable, um, funcheaperfree.com slash block, or um, I have planners. My, my planners are block schedule planners and they have meal plan um, sections in there. They have, but what's important, and this is very important, is in conjunction with this block schedule, what you need to do is brain dump. And I'll say this is the third thing you need to do. However, I probably should have said this first. It's a little bit out of order. So let's say this is step number two. So step number one is make a list of your pain points. Step number two is every night, for sure every week, get stuff off your brain that you need to get done. And it can be as simple as like for me, my closet is a mess because we just got back from vacation and we were gone for um, Thanksgiving and and I still have just crap shoved in my closet. So like it could be as simple as, oh, I still really need to like put my suitcase away. Or it could be, I need to do laundry. Or it could be, hey, I need to run these errands. I need to return this Amazon thing before it expires. I need to call my mom. I need to visit grandma. I need to go grocery shopping. Anything you need to get done, write it down. And then- as you're creating your blocks for the week, you take your to-do list, your brain dump list, and take each one, place it in a block. That's all you got to do. It. And it will have its turn. Don't overdo it. We get a little overzealous. If you have trouble writing everything in a block, your block's probably a little too full. Like, let's be realistic here. You're overbooking yourself. You're overbooking. Be smart about it. But the beauty is, and I actually and literally set alarms in my phone 
that gives me a 10 minute warning when my block is about to be over or 15 minutes where I'm like, crap, my, my, um, housework block is almost over. So I only have 15 minutes. What can I speed clean in 15 minutes to be good and call it done for the day or work? It's my work block. Crap. I have 15 minutes. Okay. If I could get one more thing done in 15 minutes, what do I need to do? The rest just needs to wait till tomorrow. Um, so set alarms to give you a warning and then set an alarm to tell you when it's time to change classes and move on. Moving um, on. Math's over. Moving on. Something moving else. on, <laughs> moving on, baby. Otherwise you're, you're yeah. Like you said, you blur the lines and then just get to it the next day, get to it the next time that block occurs. Most people have a predictable enough schedule that your blocks, you'll find a pattern. You'll yeah. find, maybe you work three days a week. So you kind of have an AB schedule. Um, maybe you are more of like a work at home or stay at home mom where your days kind of look the same. Now, if you work full time out of the home, your blocks are going to be a little different, but why can't you live off of a block schedule? You still have your morning before work. You still have your drive to work. What can you get done on your drive? Is that when you do your prayer and meditation? Is that when you call your mom? Is that when you call and schedule your doctor's appointments? You have a lunch break. You have a, a block of time before your lunch break at the beginning of the day. You know, what can you, and then you have after lunch when you're more sluggish and you probably need to schedule the things on your to-do list that get you up and moving because you're working slower, you know, and then you have your drive home and then you have your evening block and your night block. And then for you, maybe your Fridays or your Saturday, Sunday need to be really blocked out. Whereas I don't block my Saturdays and Sundays, just so you know, like I don't really live. Those are kind of like my ca more casual days. So we do block our Saturdays a little bit where we'll say, okay, family, this, you know, this is breakfast time. We're going to clean up breakfast, but then we're going to work for an hour and a half as a family. We're going to clean out the garage or we're going to do this or do that. And then we get to go do a family activity. But then that night it's date night for mom and dad. You know, you kind of fall into these natural blocks. But it just is a slight, it's different than the weekdays, which makes sense. Yeah. So if you work full time, I do have a video at funcheaperfree.com slash block that goes through a scenario. I'll link that as well. I'll link that into the notes. And in the planners, we actually have some example pages at the beginning of the book with all these different scenarios that you can look at and learn from. So, but it works, period. That actually makes sense to me to say, find the pain points, brain dump, put them in big blocks and give yourself grace. But on top of that, do you have your kids do the same? Like, I'm curious, because I know you're really big about making your kids capable. So what are your thoughts on like teaching kids to be more productive? Oh, 100%. In fact, I created a line of kid and teen block schedule planners because- I should have known better that you did. <laughs> yeah, I got you, girl. <laughs> I feel like I have a question and Jordan's like, about that. Let me tell yeah, you. <laughs> let's talk about that. So yeah. great. No, um, truly, because why not? They need the help too. And, and it'll just make them more efficient adults if they can, you yeah. know. It, it, and frankly, nothing like that exists on the market ever, period. So we have them at thepagecompany.com. You can find them. And then, you know, Andrew, you can link to them or whatever. But all you do as a parent is you sit down on a Sunday with your child and you literally flip the pages and we walk you through like how to do it with them. And also they even pick a day where they plan the meal. Like it could be a full day of meals or it could just be dinner and they kind of help pick the meal and then help plan out the meal with you. Cause they need to be working on that stuff too. They block out time for homework. They block out time for fun. 
because they need free time too, but they have to fill in what they're going to do with their free time. Because I'm so freaking sick of my kids being bored and wanting to just watch screens all day. I'm like, (gasps) this is your free day. You have like four hours. The world is your oyster. And they're just like, mom, could I please watch a movie right? or whatever? And I'm like, no. So we sit down and I just flip the pages and it tells you what to do. And I say, hey, look, Wednesday's your free day. What are you going to do that day? And it's like, oh, I want to schedule a play date with so-and-so or, oh, I want to work on. And then Wednesday comes and they open their little planner and they're like, woohoo, Lego day. I'm going to go work on my Lego set. And it's all about transferring that that intentionality, that autonomy, that responsibility back to your kids because they are fully freaking capable. I will say that again and again. We do it with our six-year-old on up. And so I do have those planners. Yes, they can block out their time. So for example, the older your kids get especially, but but even my six-year-old. So like I said, they have a little bit of a later start in the morning, but even if they don't, what do they need to get done before school? I hate sitting there and watching my kids like wander in the kitchen. I'm like, guys, we, we, ha- we got to get to school. Where is your hair done? Have you practiced your piano? And then you're hurrying and doing it for them. And yes. then you're angry, but you're right. I'm thinking about my nine-year-olds and I'm like, if they had, if I said morning block and they knew, okay, I brush my teeth, I get my clothes, yeah. I pack my lunch, but I tell them this, but it's not necessarily blocked out where I'm actually telling. And then that turns into yelling. And then I'm wondering why it's not happening that I'm like, oh, if I actually blocked it out with them and it was clear, maybe that would help them be more efficient. Yes. 100%. So it's the same, whether you're six or whether you're 106, like why do we kind of walk around shooting from the hip? Why, why do we wander in the kitchen? Like, let's all just re- just have a list, have, have a little bit of intentionality. Now, do I walk around so regimented that I have, know what I'm doing every hour of every day? No, not really. But I find that generally having an idea of like, all right, just like you said, before school, I know that I need to get my hair done, brush my teeth, check my homework, have my mom sign my reading log grab my lunch and get out the door. Like what's so wrong with putting that on paper? What's so wrong with, you know, like, is that overly regimented? No, it's natural. Those things need to happen. If they don't, you go to school with forgetting to brush your teeth and you forget your homework and you forget your lunch and then there's a pain point. So, and that can help them learn a rhythm. And I think about some things that I struggle with as an adult, to be honest. And I'm like, I wonder if I had been better at learning that as a teenager or as mm -hmm. a tween or even as a kid if I would struggle with that as an adult, you know what I mean? Just something simple that it's like, it does make you realize that habits and patterns can pass. And you're right. It's not about being regimented. It's about helping them see systems. You know what it is at the end of the day, we're not raising kids. We're raising rad adults. Like that is the goal where they're, they're kids for a hot minute. Like every day they're less of a kid than they were the day before. That's not, we're just, helping them to enjoy their childhood and thrive. But the lessons we're teaching them are not for kidhood. They're not for childhood. They're for adulthood because you're an adult for way the heck longer than you are a kid. So we're raising capable adults, honestly, is what I should hashtag it. But adults are boring and we're hard and we're stubborn. (laughs) So let's at least do the work when we're kids. So, and I will tell you, and I will say this again and again, I'll tell anybody that a child is living their absolute best life, their best, most fulfilled version of themselves 
when they have expectations, boundaries, rules, freedom, period. You have no more freedom in your life than you do when you get your driver's license. But guess what? That driver's license will be pulled away from you if you do not follow the boundaries by which you are given in order to have the freedom to drive. Yeah, that's a great example. Laws, boundaries, and rules and, and set us free, period. It's those who break them and live this wild um, anarchist you know, way of living yeah. that live the most restrictions because they're the ones in jail. They're the ones without opportunities. They're the ones without driver's licenses. Like those of us who have boundaries. Boundaries do create freedom. They, they do. absolutely do. So if anyone's sitting there thinking like, well, I don't want to overschedule my kid and I don't want to. Great. That's not what I'm talking about. I agree. Don't overschedule your kid. But for heaven's sakes, like, let's like help them thrive. Right. And how do you do that? By giving them boundaries and teaching them how to live within these boundaries. And that will give them habits, lifelong habits. So that makes sense to me. So the same thing that almost we we do for ourselves, we do a modified gentler version for our children. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about they're doing this. They're trying to, you know, think this through and look at the trigger points, the pain points, brain dump, and then let's block things out. Let's give grace. Let's do our best. Let's even, you know, possibly do it with our kids if we feel that's a fit. What do you feel like is the biggest stumbling block or what do you feel like would be the best piece of advice to someone who's like, it's not working or it's hard or trying to block schedule? What tip would you give them? So let's say somebody has a hip injury and that hip injury is kind of hindering them from a lot of things, right? Right. Traveling, walking around, whatever. And they go to physical therapy, they go to the do-, do a doctor, like it's going to hurt and it's going to be hard. Anything that takes work is, is worth it because it lends itself to more freedom, more mobility, less pain on the other end of it. So you just have to know that anything you're working on, if it's easy, you're probably not doing it right. Or maybe you're taking the path of least resistance that can like, it's not really fixing anything. That's so, a great point. So don't don't think of it as like like embrace the pain. Like pain is a gift. Pain is for a purpose, but the goal is to not live with pain forever. So number one, like just change your mindset. And you even pointed out about the wounds on the feet. You got to look at it as I'm cleaning out the wound. Have you ever put that hydrogen peroxide or things on a wound? Like it burns or Freaking like, sucks. or even yeah. if you're getting stitches, like they get to give you shots to numb it. It hurts. It hurts in the moment, but it makes it better in the long run. Absolutely. So let's reframe that mindset and just say, yeah, this is actually going to be hard at first, but do you give up because it's hard? Now, now, if you have been trying, like there are people who buy my planners and they look at the examples at the front and they, a lot of times people just copy the examples at the front and they're like, okay, I'm going to try this. And they're like, wow, this just really isn't working. Well, that's how I created this in the first place is I went online and I found budgeting methods that I tried and I was like, this is just not working. Did I give up on budgeting? No, I just found a way to do, do it my own way. So I would say, try it and give it a couple of weeks, give it a couple of months, watch my videos, really give it the old college try. And if it's not working, make some adjustments and maybe say, you know what? I cannot do three hour blocks, but 
one and a half hour blocks or four hour blocks really do work for me. And I'd be like, great. I'm so glad you found what works for you. Yeah. You have to give yourself that wiggle room. Yeah. Or like when I tell people, this is what I recommend your grocery budget should be. And they're like, I have tried and tried and tried. I cannot get my groceries to fit within that budget because we are gluten-free. I'd be like, sweet. So what does work for you? Like the point of a budget is to stick within it. And yeah. so then if that budget that I tell you to try it doesn't work, go find one that does. The, so with with the block schedule, with productivity, it's not about the following this perfectly regimented system. It's about making it work and getting rid of the pain points. So just keep adjusting. It's not about copying. It's about internalizing it. It's yeah. about doing it for you. We can copy. It's like when people ask for, they'll ask me sometimes for meal plans when I'm trying to teach nutrition. And I'm like, that will be a quick fix. You'll follow it for a month and then you'll be like, yeah. I don't want tacos on Tuesday. It's about internalizing, okay, well, I don't like that piece. So how can I adjust, yeah. but still keep this piece, this piece, this piece, and this piece and internalize it and make it a fit for you. And I do think we forget that with most things in general, with productivity, with budgeting, with planning, you know, with health, with fitness, how can we make it fit us, not us fit that mold perfectly? Yeah, absolutely. So it's we, uh, I, this is probably my fifth time saying it. We're not robots. We're humans. We have strengths. We have weaknesses. We have joys. We have pains. We have, um, things that we're good at and, and things that we are drawn toward and things that we aren't. So it's just constant adjusting. Ironically balance. I really hate the concept of when people talk about balance, picture balancing on anything, picture balancing on like a pile of uh, of teetering rocks, you're constantly in motion when you're balancing. You're not, if you're a steady, firm statue, there's no balance involved. That's just standing. Balance is where you're like, oh, oh, I got to lean to the right, lean to the left. You're, you're in constant motion. And one of the things that I teach like visually in productivity bootcamp is the concept of spinning plates. Yes. We've actually had a whole podcast on that. So no yes, yes yeah. I did a whole podcast episode on that because I think it's crucial. Explain it for those in case they didn't miss that for episode. Sure. It's just, there's these tall wobbly poles and the trick and what makes it so impressive is that there's this person who's spinning these heavy ceramic plates on these poles and trying to keep from them from falling and crashing. Well, how do they do that? They find the one that's wobbling and they go give it some attention and they spin it and they have to stabilize it. And then they get that one going good. And by the time they turn around, there's now one that was spinning really well and working well that is now wobbling and they have to hurry and run over and give that one a good spin. It, that is balance. That is, and, and here's the thing, what worked for me in September is sure as hell not going to work for me in December because December is crazy town. Exactly my schedule right. is weird. The kids are out of school for two weeks. And there's no reason to feel bad about that. It's it's just shifting like the plates. You have to shift. Absolutely. Okay, this isn't working anymore. I need to shift now to this wobbly plate or shift to here. Yeah. And not feel bad about it. That's just exactly. life. You adjust. So you adjust. You're like, okay, my December plate needs a little attention because this like beautiful block schedule system that worked two months ago is now imploding in my face. So it's like, okay, blocks are going to look different. Or you know what? Blocks over Christmas break are five hour blocks. We basically have morning, afternoon, and evening, and that's all I can do. And that's great. Or, yeah. you know, and so just adjust. make it fit you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Adjust for you. I love that. 
Jordan, I'm super excited to try blocking it this way. Tell us where we can find you. If you're on Instagram, come connect with my personal page, which is Jordan Page. It's just my my name. And then um, my my company account, the Page Company, is where we share like resources daily from our blog, from YouTube, and all those other things. And I'll add in some links as well. for Yeah, my website where you can get to all my different blogs and all my different things is thepagecompany.com. And that's, there's no I, it's like page as in page of the book. Perfect. I love it. Thank you so much for being on Jordan. I think this will be helpful for me, if not anyone else, at least for me (laughs) to think about, I'm going to shift. I'm going to adjust. I'm going to pay attention to my pain points and brain dump. And I'm going to try blocking a little bit differently to see if I can be more efficient, especially, you know, after Christmas when I want to make a shift. And it's a good time to be able to do that because my plate's a little bit more open to reorganize some stuff. Yeah. We don't need, we don't need to stress just, you know, breathe in and out one day at a time, one block at a time. We all got this. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks, Andrea. Okay. Seriously. Wasn't she amazing? I really was not kidding when I said I got off the interview and my mind was spinning of all the things that I wanted to organize and all the ways that I wanted to adjust my time blocking because I've always done time blocking, but not in the way that she suggested it. And it made so much sense to me. So I'm super excited about this episode and I hope that you learn some pieces as well. I will add all of her links to any of her products and her website and her Instagram handle so you can follow along and get more ideas. I just truly felt like it lit a true fire that I could actually manage, something that I could truly do because it is true that being organized and staying productive is hard, especially as a mother, because you have so many things flying at you constantly. And then you feel like a failure when you don't get something done. But the idea of breaking it up and saying, it's okay, that window's done and moving on to the next, to me was just a game changer. And I'm excited about it. I hope this episode was helpful. I really hope that together we can find ways to really follow through with our aspirations and really do the things that we want to manage and that we want to not only manage, but master in our lives, whatever that is. All right, that's it for today. And as always, you are doing so much better than you think you are. We'll chat next week.